Welcome to the Junior League of Cincinnati podcast brought to you by the Archives Committee. Our goal is to continue to preserve the incredible history of the Junior League of Cincinnati through conversations and stories. Here with us today is a team of incredible women who have all served within the Communications Council. We have Meredith Komen, who is a former Communication Council VP, Jamie Humes, and Haley Elkins, along with the current Communication Council VP, Sam Bodner. Welcome, ladies. Thanks so much for being here, and it's an honor to interview all of you. Thanks, Leslie. Glad to be here. So our focus for today is on Communication Council, but first, I would love to hear from each of you about your journey in the Junior League of Cincinnati. Why did you join the Junior League, and what leadership positions have you held to this point, especially highlighting your time on the Communications Council? We can go in order from when you served as VP, if you'd like. So I think that puts Meredith as our first former VP of comms on here. Sorry to put you on the spot, but go ahead, Meredith. No, you're fine. Thanks, Jay. And luckily, although I am sad I didn't get to work more closely with Sam, um, Haley, Jamie, and I got to experience the Communications Council landscape together. (laughs) So, um, oh goodness, keep me honest here. Well, we'll just say I was Communications Council VP a few years ago. Um, And Leslie, you can fact check (laughs) me uh, at the end of this. But so that was actually, I had served uh, on nominating and then been chair of the spring fundraiser when it was sensation and then chair of the cookbook committee um, and we had created the first tour of kitchens that year so the vp of communications role was my first kind of step into that next leadership level in junior league if you will and this was before the board had split into the EMT and the board of directors as it is today. So we were a large, very, you know, cozy but cohesive group. I absolutely loved it. It was definitely made that much better by having really, really strong chairs and vice chairs. And I think all of the ladies will probably mention this, a small but mighty group, a lean and mean team that were always running a marathon and having to keep our foot on the gas, which is a little bit different than some of the other councils and committees in the league. And then I had initially joined um, the Cincinnati League. I had transferred from the Atlanta Junior League when I relocated up here, and it truly was the best thing not having grown up in or around Cincy. Uh, It really allowed me to, you know, meet people that much more quickly and especially fall in with women who shared a lot of the same interests, were similarly minded. My mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother had all been in the junior league, so I knew that, you know, if you can find kind of your group and, uh, you know, those women you really connect with, it can be very special and, you know, go on for many, many years. Wonderful. Thank you, Meredith. Jamie, does that put you next? That does put me next. I took up the reins as VP Communications um, right after Meredith and due to Meredith. And I will date us, Meredith. Our year, my years that I served as VP was 2014 to 2016. Also, fact, but I believe that's true. 
So it's been a long time ago, but it seems like yesterday. And honestly, my JLC story started in childhood, and I didn't even know. So my mom is one of those JLC superstar women. She's still a superstar sustainer. Marty Humes. I love that you guys are all nodding your head. She's been a part of the Junior League since... uh, 70s, 80s, and she did that full-time when I was growing up, but, so that was always an influence on me. In fact, I um, used to stuff letters for the capital campaign when we were trying to assume ownership of Columbia Center. I was a little tyke and did that, and then I was also a little mascot as a mouse. I dressed up um, for the Festival of Trees as a little girl, so, like, always a part of the Junior League. It's crazy. However, that is not exactly why I joined. I joined with that backdrop, but I also had met some wonderful women who had these wonderful careers, and at the same time, were navigating the Junior League as leadership. Um, one was Shannon Glass, the former president of ours, and also Katie Crossan, who was actually a former VP of communications. And I, I've always thought a lot about them. And they were doing this amazing work in the junior league, and they had these full-time careers as well. It was a different lens for me to see the league, that we could actually have a career and still volunteer and be a part of the league. So that is what propelled me to do it. I did sensation and I did program development and then Kendall Shaw asked me to step into the vice chair role perspectives my second year in the junior league. And so what do you do when you get the opportunity in the junior league? You say yes. So I did uh, own perspectives for a couple of years and then uh, worked very closely with Meredith and then got the opportunity to work with Haley too. And we we did a lot of great things. And then I had the opportunity to become uh, VP of comms following Meredith, continuing the dynamic leadership tone that she did. uh, She really inspired me. And I just, I tried to to do the honor and take the path that she took uh, the following two years. It's been a lot of years, but it still feels like yesterday. Thank you. And I could not agree more when you are approached with an opportunity in the Junior League of Cincinnati, you just say yes. And who knows where it will go, but it will definitely lead to great things. Thank you, Jamie. Haley, I think you're up next. My name is Haley Elkins. I joined the Junior League in 2009, and I had just moved here from Texas for graduate school, so a little bit like mayor. Like, I moved here, didn't know anybody, and one of my first jobs was at the Cincinnati Ballet. And JLC sustainer Carolee Schwartz uh, was one of my board members there, and I confessed to her that I really missed being involved in women's organizations in Texas, Uh, and I missed having a core group of female friends. And she said verbatim, girl, we have got to get you in the junior league. And that's exactly what happened. And I mean, like, I... The packet and the application was practically already completed before I could blink. Like, Carolee was so adamant that if you are missing female companionship, if you are missing solidarity with other women, the Junior League, at least in Cincinnati, is where you have got to go. And I have really found that to be true. I've had a lot of placements, but as far as leadership positions specifically, I was the vice chair and then the chair of the online committee. I was the nominating chair for the Junior Leagues of Ohio State Public Affairs Committee. Say that three times fast. Um, And then I was the vice president of communications from 2016 to 2018. After that, I transitioned. I think I'm the only person in the room who can say this. I transitioned into the league's first paid managing director role in 
2018. And I actually just left that position a couple of months ago because my husband and I are returning to Texas after 15 years to be closer to my family. So everything is really coming around full circle with this podcast, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us this evening. I know that you are in the middle of moving and we just so appreciate you spending the time with us. Up next would be Chelsea. I know Chelsea was unable to meet with us this evening, but we have our current VP of Communication Council, Sam. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Sam Bodner, and I joined the league in 2017, I believe, and that was the first year that the league did LBDI, so that was a very interesting new member year, but it was great because they broke us out onto committees that kind of resembled how the league was structured so we could get a really good understanding of how we were going to work once we became active members. And I was put on the online committee. I have a background in like digital marketing. So they were like, you, you go here. And I've just kind of followed suit ever since. After that LBDI new member year, I served as a member of the online committee, love the online committee. They see and know everything. And then from there, I transitioned into my first leadership role. I had applied for the online vice chair position, got a call, and they said, would you like to chair marketing? And as we've all heard, you say yes. little scary because I was like, I've never even been a vice chair to a committee. So um, that I dove in head first, loved it. Chelsea was fantastic at getting me up to speed, um, and she was really the one that tapped me on the shoulder when her term was up and asked, would you be interested? And she planted that seed early in the year, and I made the decision to kind of take the leadership up a notch, and then I am almost through year one of my two-year term today. So that is my journey so far. Thank you. Thank you all. I would love to take a look at the history of the council first. What have been the committees that fall under Communication Council, and what does the council look like now? Well, I'll jump in for now. I can say we currently have the online committee, marketing and publicity, archives and perspectives. And correct me, ladies, but I think archives is fairly new-ish to the comms council realm, which is the council bringing you this great podcast, um, which I think has been a great addition to comms. But that's where we currently stand today. That's exactly right, Sam. And what preceded the archivist team was the historian position. And I think that was my year, Mayor's year, Haley, I think, yeah, and then archivist came on. This podcast is a product of the archivist team, and you guys are great stewards of our history and our, whether it be digital or visual. So it's become a huge addition to the Communications Council. But other than that, the structure still remains the same. The work output still remains the same, uh, which is a lot. (laughs) Thinking about previously what the council looked like and what it looks like now, it's great to hear that a lot of the structure has been the same. But what has changed in terms of the communication platforms that were first used And how have we grown over time? Let Haley take this one because, if anything, the work that started my year that Jamie built on, that Haley absolutely took us into another stratosphere, is that we, not only things became so much more tech-savvy, we became so much more automated, but we were effective and efficient and just smarter. So I was going to say Haley is absolutely the person to answer this. If you want to talk about 
like, I think this and kind of the concept of over the years, what are the tools and resources that the communications council has evolved kind of like dovetail very neatly together. Um, so Meredith and Jamie during their tenure had done two really extraordinary things. The first was that they had coalesced around the league's messaging. Like they had coalesced and condensed the league's messaging down into a very consistent voice and feel. And the second thing is that they had created this very natural season of workflow of the league. The summer looks like this. The autumn means this. The winter means this. The spring means this in a dependable way that we could lean into it instead of fighting against it. And then as part of my VP role in my term, I conducted interviews with nearly 50 women when I was coming in who had sat on the comms council for the last six, seven, eight years. And the thing they said over and over again, they said two things, and Jamie's already mentioned one of them. And one was that the workload was unmanageably high because of the order of operations that were required. The order of operations on comms that were required by the larger structure of the league was not meeting women where they were at. Um, it was a strange period of the teens where we had just started digital. We weren't really leaning into digital. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and digital is leading the way in everything. And we were running to catch up. And then the other piece that when I talked to women who had served on the comms council, they said it's a major battle every year with leadership turnover to maintain standards of consistency around process, around messaging. And you'll hear that from every league committee, any volunteer position. That's always, that's always an issue. What I really focused on in my term, I felt like I came here to chew bubblegum and streamline some operations and I was all out of bubblegum. So what we did was we really honed in on the existing digital platform, which was Closerware, and it was static. It was read-only. That's what it's called. It was. It had to be updated manually. It was not interactive. There was no logging in and updating your own contact information. There was no logging in and signing up for events. You could just see what events there were, but you couldn't actually interact with the website in any way. So we made a big migration to that in 2015, I think, in Jamie Humes' term. They did a big database migration into Digital Cheetah, the tool that we have now. And then additionally, what that meant was that all of the sudden freed up the Communications Council from having to do all of the systems and processes that were web-based for other committees. All of the sudden, other committees could, you could have Can Do, who does 30 events a year, maintain their own calendar that women could sign up for. A lot of the systems and processes were operated, um, were automated. So like Women could take themselves on the wait list, take themselves off the wait list, cancel, sign up, um, see who else was going. Like that was a huge thing that took a huge amount of work off of the communications council and made the process much more user friendly. And in that same vein, the intention was always that we would continue to expand that and invest more in the modules and in the infrastructure of it. And now we do placement entirely online. It's a very intuitive, natural thing that is actually based around the season women are at in their life. Um, instead of just where would you like to serve, it's kind of what skills do you want to learn? What are you looking for? That's all digital now. It's all done entirely online. There are no complex paper spreadsheets and matrices anymore. Um, so that's wonderful. We have invested so much in our new fundraising management system, which integrates with Digital Cheetah. It's part of that whole back end. 
that allows women for the first time, A, to know and understand why our donors are giving and why they're making the choices and investments in the league that they are, and B, also teaches women, it's a great tool for solicitation training, for learning how to ask people, how to steward fundraising relationships, all of that great stuff. And our donor relations committee actually just used it this past year for the first time, this brilliant solicitation module to do a thank you phone bank for all of our donors for our Centennial Capital campaign. So we were able to make all of these digital platform investments by looking at the standards that Meredith and Jamie had set and then said, okay, how, what is the easiest way to maintain these over time so that all of this hard work doesn't get lost? I feel like my job was not so much creating things as how do we maintain what we have and make it easy for women to plug into because so much good stuff already exists. And the other piece that was really big for us, we implemented G Suite for nonprofits. So previously, things had really been siloed in women's personal emails. And I know that Jamie and Meredith fought that battle so hard, where when things are siloed in your personal email, on your personal computer, and then something happens, you go through a life circumstance or the leadership is not congruent in a turnover, all of the sudden with shared email accounts, shared digital drives, um, shared kind of internal committee archives, they could, everything could roll so much easier from one year to the other. And you had these beautiful built out calendars that were digital. So you could see what other women were doing last year in your role and the year before that and the year before that. So that made a huge difference um, when we implemented that. And then like my other big focus, honestly, on those tools and resources and how our platforms have evolved over time was we have got to create reusable templates. We've got to create reusable templates for things. Our email marketing used to be created basically from scratch every time. And I know that because I was the vice chair of online a very long time ago under Katie Crossan, where we used to hand code all of the emails. We would build them in HTML and we would hand code them. Um, So there was like no templating for that. So we built email marketing templates. We built Perspectives Magazine templates in Adobe InDesign so that our committee members could actually learn how to lay out those publications in the industry standard for publication management. We created so many um, Adobe Illustrator templates. We created so many things like the Communications Handbook where it distills down the style and the voice of the league in a way that all of a sudden the communications council could just give these tools in many ways to other committees and say, y'all are empowered. Take, take a hit at it, take a draft, take an, take a moment to develop your idea before you come to us. And here are all the tools to help you develop it, help you develop it and help you like draft your own content before you get to us to do the polish and the final implementation. But you don't have to start with us. You can start with you. And I think that was the big turning point, I think, for communications in a lot of the struggle that Jamie and Meredith had experienced. Once we had the leeway to give tools to other non-communications committees and say, y'all take your best shot and then we'll catch you on the flip side for polishing and implementation that changed everything. So I'm, I'm really passionate about all those things. And it is a really big arc that's happened, not just with like digital implementation, but also in using the communications council as a training ground to develop 
skills in women in a really serious way. So that's what I have to say about that. That was all beautiful. Thank you. Sam, I know that in the beginning of this year, around August of 2020, we had met as a communication council to go over some of those tools that Haley beautifully outlined. What are some of the tools that we're currently using? For example, I know that for emails, rather than coding and HTML, we're using MailChimp. What are some of those tools that women learn and are exposed to within this council? Yeah, absolutely. So for the online committee, we are using um, MailChimp to build out all of our email templates. Not only does the committee that currently serves, but many committees before have done a great job to Haley's point at setting up templates. So now everything is organized. Um, We have a standard column in the left where ladies are trained to go look for things like any swag, submissions for photos, links to kind of get to those hot resources. And then the core body of the email is the, um, the content. For the website, we leverage WordPress, which it sounds so intimidating when you join an online committee, but I find everyone saying they find it actually really easy to navigate. So I think that's a great skill set that I think women have really um, enjoyed developing on that committee. Um, and if you pop over to marketing and publicity, Haley did, to her point, did a great job of building out those templates in the Adobe Creative Suite. And that's something that I think my goal, once COVID has passed us, and hopefully we can you know, congregate in large groups again, provide some training for that, because that is a hard, pla- um, a hard software, I think, to gain skills in. And it's expensive. That software is um, very pricey to get a license for and then to be trained on. So I would love for the league to be a place where women could come and learn design skills um, in terms of laying out perspectives or designing um, invitations and programs. That's just a great suite that that committee has access to. We also use Hootsuite. Social media has been a beast that we've tried to tame over the past, um, I think, two terms, starting with Chelsea. So Hootsuite is beautiful that we can type it in once and it publishes across all platforms, which is a big win. So not everyone is dividing and conquering across all um, social media channels. And perspectives, they um, they use the Adobe Creative Suite again there. So I think, again, that's just a really big training opportunity um, that is not typically offered to many people outside of the league, especially if they do not come from a marketing background. So those are kind of our core platforms, I think, that we run off of. And the Canva, gosh, we all love Canva, um, for those of us who aren't professional designers. So those are just some of the cores that we use today. I would love to hear from each of you Why would you encourage women in the league to place on the communication council? Yeah, Leslie, I can definitely say, and Tracy can talk a little bit more about this. She currently works in real estate, but her background was in education. And so herself and person that was her vice chair of online at the time, this was all very, very new. And to, you know, what Sam and Haley laid out so well, much more cumbersome, much more, um, I won't say intimidating, but there were a lot more variables involved in what we were using. And I really credit Tracy and Brianna for, it might have been a little painful for everyone else, but they figured out a way for them to tackle what they were tasked with, what the committee needed to do, how they rolled up effectively into the council overall. And again, I think they really embodied, let the league meet you where you are, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't say yes to something and you shouldn't, you know, take a chance on learning 
a completely new area or skill set. And I think that that is an enormous benefit in the league overall. But in particular, in comms council, you can take something away that just because you're not the subject matter expert, you're not going to execute it. You know enough to be dangerous. And that makes you really valuable in marketing overall, but in communications, in PR, in advertising. better that you understand how something functions, the better that the output is going to be when you're at the table helping to craft a plan and see it through to execution. Thank you, Meredith. I'll jump in. I just think that marketing as a whole as an industry is something that there's a lot of interest in. Um, and it's somewhere that people try to transition to throughout their career. And I think that the league is a great place to come learn those skill sets in a safe environment where you have lots of women around you who 100% will not let you fail. So I think if anyone's looking to make a career transition into marketing or gain and expand their marketing experience outside of maybe their niche, I think that this is a great council to come learn those skill sets. You know everything on the comms council. So it's just great to like jump in. You get to know all of the other um, count committees on marketing. So not only do you know just by what's being submitted to you, I think that you network and meet a ton of women because of the position that you're in in marketing because you have to talk to everyone to make sure that we are portraying the league to the best possible standard we can in the public as well as internally to our members. So it's a great way to meet women beyond just your committee and council. And I would dovetail off of that and say, like, I think we're all like betraying our original committee placements here because you can tell that like Sam skews to marketing, I skew to online and digital, Jamie is probably going to skew to perspectives. Like that's just, that's how it goes. But I would say too, like Sam's point about marketing is really well taken as well as if you have ever wanted to learn something about data or analytics, but that sounds really scary to you. Online is such a great safe space to fail for that, as is marketing and looking at the analytics that our um, marketing committee deals with on a social media level. But online is so great for learning about data and metrics and perspectives is so incredible for learning about the publishing industry. How do in this day and age, do you start with the concept of a magazine create a storyboard for it, then create a content board, then shepherd it through the actual execution process. Then when all of your content is actually written, how do you lay it out? How do you work with a large scale printer? How do you work with a large scale bulk mail house to actually get into people's hands? That's an incredible skill. That's not being taught that much anymore. So there are so many hard skills that the communications council can teach. Great. Thank you, Haley. Meredith, do you have anything to add? I think that everything those ladies said was spot on. I will just add that what maybe is a little different from comms council compared to some of the others is I definitely agree with Sam that it is a tight-knit unit. You do not feel separation. There is you know, success in the solo work your committee is doing, but even greater success in what you're doing overall as a council. But I will make a plug that the legacy that these women have continued on, there's beauty and simplicity. And if anything, come to comms council because it is a wide net for throw everything up against the wall, see what it sticks. But cohesively, like I mentioned, the committees come together to simply and beautifully execute very intentional tactics across everything. I mean, at the end of the day, 
we know that as a council, the responsibility sits with us to get the word out about all of the incredible work that is happening. And then being able to see the other side of it, to Haley's point, measure, learn from it, make even better decisions in the next year. There's just a beauty in it does not need to be intimidating or scary. This is probably one of, you know, the councils that you'll be able to say anything and the best ideas, you know, tend to work out, but it doesn't mean that you don't revisit things at a, you know, a later date. I think that it just always sort of marries up in a really, really nice way. Great. Thank you, Meredith. Meredith, I think I'll start with you on this next one. What was your biggest takeaway in serving as Communication Council VP? Such a good question. I know I touched on this briefly a moment ago. Certainly the realization that progress can be simple and simple can be beautiful. Jamie and Haley probably remember this. My thank you notes to everyone for their leadership and time on the council. I included a quip about never forget to use the proper logo. That was a win for us, Leslie, that year. Getting people to actually use the Junior League of Cincinnati approved proper logo. We had, I think, six or seven floating around. And that was a simple win. But again, it allows you to build from there. It might have been an inch, but it was an inch gain that we didn't have before. I would say the other takeaway is that overall, I think that the Cincinnati League does an incredible job of really encouraging voices to be heard and letting it be a safe space, as some of the other women have said. But first and foremost, you know, recognize that one of the things that I believe personally makes leaders effective is defend your team first and foremost. Obviously recognize that there are going to be bumps in the journey, especially in a nonprofit organization where we're giving our time to it, but recognize that you being the communications council VP means that You've got to plant the flag, and if something is needed by a certain date or we can't get it out, hold firm on that, and it is okay. It's more than okay because it means that you're showing the rest of your council leaders, yep, I stand behind you and I recognize that we don't turn these things around in 15 minutes. We want to take, to Haley's point, what you've built and make it that much better. And so we want the space and the time to be able to do that because it just creates a better product at the end of the day. And I think that really speaks to that on this council, you're not only working with the interior communications of the Junior League of Cincinnati, you are working with our exterior partners, with donors, with potential partners for the Junior League to, to work with and to be able to represent the Junior League of Cincinnati in a very precise way is so important. Thank you, Meredith. Absolutely. Great point. Jamie, you're up next. Uh, Well, there's a lot of takeaways, but I think that one thing that you just said right now is, and it's not necessarily a personal takeaway, but the credibility that the league has in the Cincinnati community, 
um, is something that I've been really proud of as a legacy piece that I've, since I, I'm a sustainer now, so I'm not as active in the league on day-to-day ops as I used to be. I used to breathe it every day for five years, but um, it's been a couple of years since I've had that immersion. But what I took with me is we're very well known in the community. We're very well respected in the community. And in addition to that, like I can point to skills I learned in the junior league in my time there as VP comms, doing perspectives, doing sensation. And I built that in the junior league. And that's something I think a lot of members can say, because you build your skills here. You don't even know it at the time per se, which is actually part of the training. You may not recognize that you're growing as you're doing it. But when you look back and reflect, if it's a year later, if it's five years later, if it's a month later, and you say, we did that. And I look at the body of work that's been done in my years, and then I look at Meredith's years. I think of Sam, I look at Haley, and I look at this constellation of years of expertise we have right here. And I'm thinking through the transformation that's happened in the Communications Council, which would be most notably the digital transformation that we've seen happening that parallels what's happening in the environment in the world today and how we've applied it in the junior league. But not only that, I think there are some core elements that stay the same. And the marketing skills, not just marketing, but publishing, speaking, meeting planning, meeting execution, leadership, all of those elements are still there and to be gained upon. And the best thing about it is that the junior league does meet you where you're at. And as an inadvertent result, you step up and you end up operating at a higher level as a result. So I credit the Junior League for enabling me to step up and just get the experience. And now I can reflect on it and be like, wow, the league built this. Like, and it's, it's, a, it's a strong building. Thank you, Jamie. Going in order next, we have Haley. Hi. Um, so I learned so much about building runway and momentum for ideas and initiatives. So like, you know how um, Vicki Clark, who has done so many AGLI trainings with us, she always says that making a change to a nonprofit organization, especially one that has as storied of a legacy as we do being a hundred years old, making a change to a nonprofit organization is like turning an aircraft carrier. You go slow and carefully. So I, when I came to the league, I had worked on political campaigns. I was an organizer. I'd worked on cultural movements. I'd worked in the labor movement. I'd worked on pellet initiatives. I'd worked on fundraising campaigns, but serving as the VP communications for the league is where I learned how to take an idea and research it from a lot of different voices and minds. Take the time. The league taught me to take my time to suss out all of the stakeholders around that idea and then to create a proof of concept for it and then message around it in ways that got everybody really excited to come along for it. Um, And that can be something really huge, like the way that the league incubates other nonprofit organizations or that the way that the league partners with existing organizations. But it can also be, to Meredith's point, as simple as my first day in my VP of comms role, we went through a rebranding because the AJLI had gone through rebranding. So all of the sudden, the logo that they had fought so hard to get everybody on the same page to use for years 
was different? And how do you build that momentum and that messaging to say, here's what's different. Here's why it's important. Here's why we want you to be excited about it. That's what my VP comms term taught me. And that is an invaluable skill that I could not have gotten anywhere else. You learn it in the league. I love it. Thank you. Sam, I know that you are within your first year as comms council VP coming to the close of the first year. So far, though, what has been your biggest takeaway as serving in this role? It's a great question. And I think the league, not just this role, but my positions elsewhere in the league, have taught me how to work with people from very different backgrounds to listen and appreciate and see the perspectives they bring to the table. I'm in marketing for my day job, so I'm like day in, day out, marketing is like what I do all day, every day. So it's very interesting to have someone who doesn't have that perspective on your committee and leading leading the committee. So I think it's taught me to listen, to kind of help coach people as well too. So the league operates similar to a business. So some people who don't have much business experience or come from more of a creative background or a finance background, like, man, they have just as much to teach me as I do to teach them. So helping coach them on marketing and more of a corporate environment and how the JLC is run. But then I've got some ladies who help me with my budget. So like, you know, it's a give and take. And I think that there's just a lot to learn by working with such a diverse group of women with very different backgrounds and skill sets. And it has really taught me how to think differently and approach things from a different angle. One final question for this amazing group of women. Are there any final stories or pieces of history that you would like to share before we wrap up? I don't really have a story per se, But I do want to share, this is a a, a quote that I have on my desk at home, or not at home, at the office, and then I also have my quote book. And I used it when I was speaking to a new member class a couple years ago about leadership. And it's by Mac Anderson, and it says, great leadership usually starts with a willing heart, a positive attitude, and a desire to make a difference. And I thought, you know... I have those. I think you guys have those. I think a lot of people in the league have those. It's just a matter of saying yes to an opportunity. And so what I would encourage anybody who is considering a leadership role or being a part of the junior league is they just need to say yes. And if they are not doing it well, they're doing it right because they're going to learn to do it well. And they're gonna, they don't, don't underestimate yourself because you're more capable than you know and everything builds from there. So hashtag just say yes. I do want to say that is the reason why I am double placed this year in the role of being chair of archives and then also chair of online. At first, that seemed like a very daunting task, but it was brought up in the general membership meeting that y'all needed someone. So I thought, why not? I might as well go for it. And it's been a wonderful experience. Haley, did you have another story? I was actually going to say something about the archives. Actually, your position that you're doing right now um, is like, you know, as the VP of communications, you spend a lot of time in our basement archives um, and your team is doing a great job of trying to get more of that archival information out to light. But one of the things that you learn when you spend so much time with the news clippings and the photographs and the telegrams and the certificates 
that are 50 or 75 or 100 years old is just how many hard things the Junior League of Cincinnati women have steered ships through. The Great Depression and a world war and, like, the assassination of a president. Like, and just locally, like, some very turbulent and tumultuous times in Cincinnati history. Through all of that, the Junior League of Cincinnati just kept trucking. Like, it just kept creating this space where women could learn things and where they could get more engaged in the community, regardless of what the community looked like at that time, and where they could listen to the community. Where do you go if you want to be able to listen to the community? You can go to the league. We work with 22 different nonprofit organizations annually. We've been here for 100 years. Where they could go and work towards that. And so when COVID broke out last spring, like all I kept thinking was, well, junior league women have been doing this stuff for a century. Like our spirit endures like nothing else. And that was the one thing that made me feel less afraid, less anxious. I don't think I would have felt that secure. I don't think I would have felt that prepared. I don't think I would have felt that capable this past year without having 13 years in the league to give me that confidence. We have been doing hard stuff for a century and we're going to continue to do hard stuff this year. It just looks like a pandemic. That's all. And that's a gift that I wish for every woman. That is a gift. I wish the league to give to every woman. So yes, to Jamie's point, if you are thinking about stepping into a leadership position, if you're thinking about joining the junior league for the first time, if you're thinking about a placement where you could learn a new skill, but you don't actually know anything about that skill and it's kind of scary, just say yes. I think that is now, the perfect place to, to wrap up our podcast. Thank you for sharing your stories, work, and passion with us today. We are officially in the 101st year of the JLC, and it's so easy to see each of you have contributed in immense ways to the organization, not only from a strategic kind of lens for communication, but also in all of the different leadership roles that each of you have held. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope to be back again soon with another episode to preserve the incredible history of the Junior League of Cincinnati through conversations and stories. Thank you.